it is Thursday, October 22nd. Big day, big day. Dwight Freeney joins us. Darius Butler joins us. AJ Hawk joins us. And the man who took over NXT last night will be hosting all goddamn day. Yeah! <laughs> if you enjoy the show by the end of it, please tell a friend. If you don't like the show by the end of it, just act like it never happened. Don't need to hear from you ever again. <laughs> I probably wouldn't like a show you put together either, so... Let's just keep it moving, baby. Uh, today's show is all about convenience. Cutwater Spirits help bring real alcohol drinks with you into the real world with their award-winning canned cocktails. These are not those weird seltzers where you don't know if you're drinking rubbing alcohol or moonshine mm -hmm. or anything like that. Oh, no. These are actual mixed drinks. These are actual canned cocktails. An actual Long Island can come to you in a can from a store without any trip to the bar, bartender, mixologist, or anything like that in the convenience of a can that's colder than you've ever had because you put it in your fridge and it tastes delicious. Yeah, I mean, that's 100% accurate. How about a vodka tonic? Yes, please. How about a... Uh, uh, gin and tonic. How about a... Uh, how about a vodka mule? How about a... How about uh, a Bloody Mary? How about a... How about some other type of tequila drink i know they got one they got like 20 of them they do it? rum and cola and they all come from a brewery in san diego mm -hmm. so this isn't coming from some factory that is just pumping out <laughs> fake stuff no no this is a brewery in san diego that's making incredibly delicious incredibly convenient and amazing canned cocktails go to d-r-i-z-l-y.com and use promo code Water Clutch, that's C-U-T-W-A-T-E-R-C-L-U-T-C-H, to get $5 off your first order. Once you try one of these incredibly cold canned cocktails that are award-winning from Cutwater, you will never, ever, ever try anything else. Big thanks to Cutwater for their incredible convenience, their incredible product, and their incredible way to make you feel incredible. Whenever you can't get to the bars or mixologists, have the convenience of a canned cocktail in your fridge today. Shout out to DRIZLY.com. Use promo code CUTWATERCLUTCH and get $5 off your first order. Now, let's get to the show. We have to address some things first before we get into the sports news of the day. Last night, this mask that I am holding in my hand and I made quite a ripple in the wrestling community. Myself, Oni Lorkin, yeah. Dane Birch, the NXT Tag Team Champions. Woo. Uh, sent shockwaves through the entire wrestling community. Can't wait to see how this all plays out. Can't wait to watch it unfold. Can't wait to tell the wrestling community uh, that they're the worst humans on the planet, which I will do on a very regular basis on a run here. Obviously, very thankful to be back with the NXT family, the greatest sports entertainment professional wrestling brand going on earth right now. Uh, and I... You know, was a guy who was potentially a part of some things behind the scenes. We will dive into that as the day goes on and as the weeks go on. But for now, we have to tell you that tonight on NFL Network and Fox, there is a football game happening in the city of brotherly love. The Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz, without Zach Ertz, who was placed on IR today, their stud tight end, will be playing host to Joe Judge in the new York football giants. Ooh. The NFC East is obviously one that has been 
embattled with talented football all season. Bunch of people losing everywhere. Bunch of games being lost in ugly fashions. Teams getting demolished and blown out on primetime games. But it is still up for grabs, and literally any NFC East team could win the NFC East. Will tonight be the night that Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles turn it around? They have a 1-4-1 and one, uh, record right now, and Doug Peterson said, that's where we should be. What if they go on a run and win three games? They will win the NFC East and grab a hold of that thing. And what if the New York Giants, with Joe Judge and his new regime in training camp, they were sprawling on fumbles, the crowd was going wild, Saquon Barkley gets hurt very, very, very early in the season, and now they're trying to pick up the scraps. Old Danny Dimes is now a comfortable, mature quarterback. He's no longer just a rookie quarterback. Will he be able to rattle off a couple wins here and take a hold of the NFC East? Or will tonight be a perfect picture of not only the year 2020, but the 2020 NFL season for the NFC East and be a complete shit show? Nobody knows. That's why I am pumped for tonight's NFC East Mega Bowl. The Philadelphia Eagles are favored by four and a half points at the moment uh, playing host of New York Giants and nobody has a clue what the hell is going to happen out there. We'll talk about that with Darius Butler here in a few hours. He has a lock on an over-under for pass yards tonight's game which might be the best bet of the night because nobody knows what teams are going to show up on either side. We'll also be joined by Dwight Freeney in about Ooh, 19 wow. minutes. Dwight Freeney, first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. A guy who's an absolute legend, former teammate of mine and he's doing some work with uh, Madden I believe. Ooh, we'll ask him if no. he's fixing a franchise mode or what he's got going on. He was a video game-like player to watch. It was awesome to be a teammates with him. Super cool, dude. Like, one of the nicest superstars of all time. Now, granted, he had a much different diet than everybody else. He was <laughs> eating very expensive foods. He was drinking very expensive waters. His house was awesome. I was invited over there a few times. He picked me up or had his limo come pick me up one night whenever uh, there was a card game and I didn't have a car and I was potentially intoxicated. Nice We're guy. talking about absolute gentlemen. He was wow. my cornhole partner in the locker room more than a few times for more than a few thousand dollars of games. <laughs> I mean, this is Dwight Freeney is a good dude. Cannot wait to have a conversation with him. Haven't chatted with him in a while. Be excited to hear his takes on the 2020 NFL season and everything happening. Also, there's a lot of moves happening around the NFL today. We'll talk with all the boys and hopefully your phone calls at one 888 maddog 6 You made a very disappointing announcement this morning oh, on your oh, Twitter oh, account. Oh. Would we like to address that now or is it too soon, pal? I can address it now. Go ahead. Oh. Um... I'm officially retiring from the giving fantasy football advice game. No! What? Unbelievable. Why? Uh, well, I showed my expertise uh, when we had that guy on the one time. You know, that guy. That guy. guy. Oh. Tony. Matthew Barry, the guy that started fantasy football. Basically. Oh, is that his name? Well, that is his name, and you wouldn't know that because probably whenever he was introducing himself, you'd cut him off and say, Matthew Barry. Yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what you're doing with the fantasy football talk. It depends on... I don't put him up on a pedestal like a lot of people do. Whoa. Jesus Christ, Tony. I thought you were talking. He's my fantasy football competitor, okay? Oh, so not anymore. He retired. He retired. Oh, you still got a little bit. He still got a little bit. But after after I showcased my chops, uh, you know, you get a lot of requests. You get a lot of questions. And it was keeping me up at night because I live by this theory that if I can't help everyone. Yeah. 
I shouldn't be helping anyone. Super wow. Hero. Yeah, superhero okay. complex. That's yeah. real, dude. So I'm just going to step aside and let some of the other guys. So how about Jerry Judy or uh, C.D. Lamb tonight? Sorry, Z. Wow, not even friends. Damn. So it's not even like the public fantasy football uh, like era is. I would over. help a friend. Oh. oh. Whoa. Put Tony, put down. Oh my God. Matthew Barry can get it. Yeah. Zito can I'm get it. I'm in a bad mood. Yesterday, Juju got it yeah. and all of TikTok got yeah. it. Tony's team is playing better than everybody else in football almost at this point. Life should be as good as possible. Just got married. I mean, he looks good. He's losing weight. <laughs> Hell's this guy's problem. He is just sawing everybody down. And in a retirement speech that I didn't know if we should bring up, you heard me earlier, like, is it too soon to talk about it or mm-hmm. not? I thought he was going to potentially be happy about the run that he won on. Yeah. About how people got a chance to respect his fantasy Stalled football advice. Helped a lot of people. But instead, it was like, no, no, no. This guy stinks. Fuck him. He's out. That's this. Tone, yeah. is everything okay over there? No. The Ravens got better today. Oh, you want to dive wow, right into some news? Well, no, I'm just saying when the Ravens get better, I, I get worse. So you just pivoted. That's smart, by the way, because you were starting to look a little bad there. But now that we'll talk about other stuff that you're good at. At Boston Connor here. Ty Schmidt is here. Viva Lazito is here. Uh, Viva Lazito, your poll real quick. Yes, who are we hammering for tonight's NFC East Mega Bowl? Uh, Giants are uh, down 30.6%. Eagles, 69.4%. Okay, so everybody likes the Eagles minus 4.5. Even after the news of Zach Ertz going on IR, who's one of his uh, main targets uh, throughout the past couple years here. How will that all play out? They do have Deshaun Jackson back, I believe, which is good news for them, but not Alshon Jeffrey. Diggs, you have some news? Well, yeah, not just Ertz. Malik Jackson's out. Alshon Jeffrey is out. Miles Sanders is out tonight. Jack Driscoll, the tackle, is out tonight. Obviously, Dallas Goddard's still in the IR. A bunch of the Eagles are walking IR. So we're hammering the Giants. Oh, yeah. Well, the, issue, the interesting thing here is that Gumpy had nukes yesterday, and he said Carson Wentz, yeah. 4-0 against the spread and 4-0 straight up on Thursday Night Football. Mm-hmm. The Philadelphia Eagles wearing all black, 6-0 and mm-hmm. leading into this game. Good. So that is 10-0 like odds and records and stats that we have shoved down our face saying that the Eagles should win tonight. And normally, I like to go with the Gumpy Nukes, right? I like to know why I think the way I do. But if you're just reading off that entire IR list there, this doesn't feel like a standard Carson Wentz season either. This is a much different Carson mm-hmm. Wentz. So you would think that the potential ratio that one loss would have to come could potentially be this game. Then when you talk about the all-black uniforms, like, listen, I'm a big fan of it. I like it a lot, especially Thursday night with a little color rush. I, I mean, I, they're going to look great out there. It just will that be able to carry them enough? And is six and zero really, really good? And at some point, even the the Mamba uh, Lakers jerseys lost. Yeah, you know, like right. at exactly. some point, a jersey is going to lose. Is that tonight? I'm starting to lean that way, especially with all the injuries that the Philadelphia Eagles have. But boy. It's hard to pick this one. That's why all the prop bets are the ones to really attack. Speaking of NFL news, though, with everybody being injured, there's not an injury, but there has been some movement here. Yannick Ngakwe, who was formerly of the Jacksonville Jaguars, he got into a battle with Tony Khan, I do believe, on Twitter at one point about wanting to be traded. He gets moved out of town with one year left on his deal to the Minnesota Vikings. With the Minnesota Vikings, he has five sacks, two forced fumbles. The Minnesota Vikings are one in five, and they just traded him this morning. 
Yannick Ngakwe, thanks for coming. How you doing? Keep it moving. <laughs> he is headed over to the Baltimore Ravens, who also have his former teammate in Jacksonville, uh, Calais Campbell. Calais, unlike Yannick Ngakwe, did not want to leave Jacksonville. He found out via call that he was gone. He thought he was potentially going to live the rest of his life down in Jacksonville. Get his ass out of here because this is Gardner Minshew's team. Now Yannick Ngakwe joins Calais Campbell and a defensive line that is great. I mean, uh, good. Great. I mean, the, the Steelers' defensive line in the AFC North, unbelievable. Now, the Baltimore Ravens' defensive line is loaded. Wow. You got Matt Judon out there. Matt Judon once told me he was going to put a beam on me for something I tweeted, but watching him play football, unbelievable. Derek Wolf, stud. Patrick Queen, obviously an inside linebacker from LSU. Another team could have got him. Baltimore Ravens got him in the second round. Congrats to them. Yannick Ngakwe, obviously Brandon Williams, LJ Ford, and they have obviously one of the best secondaries in the NFL. The Baltimore Ravens, I think, got better today. It wasn't like Yannick Ngakwe got traded to Minnesota and sucked. Five sacks two two forced fumbles that's a pretty pretty hot start to a season that is six weeks into this thing and also 6.8 million dollars in dead cap is being held over at the minnesota vikings and the baltimore ravens only have to pay like four or five million dollars or something like that for him so i don't know how the minnesota vikings got into this situation or out of this situation in the particular fashion that they did but the baltimore ravens i think won this one especially if he's immediately going to make their team better and as you alluded to earlier they did they got better today but are they going to be able to keep up with that pittsburgh steelers defense that's an interesting question and you got a feel for Joey Burrow, okay? You got a feel for Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. You have two defenses in the AFC oh. North that seem like probably the next, I don't know, at least three years are going to be mm-hmm. stacked, very tough at the top of the division. We'll see what they got. We'll see how it goes. You have to hate this move by the Raiders. I do, but a part of me loves it too because I love the rivalry so much. Like the, I it just like I have goosebumps because like last year sucked because we went into Baltimore. and I knew there was no chance with Mason or Duck. Quack, quack, quack. Quack, quack, quack. Rest in peace, quack, quack, Rest quack, 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 quack. He's not dead, but you But it feels like it does like a few years ago when they would be highlighted. They would always be the Sunday night football game. This year they're back on Thanksgiving as the Sunday night football game. Like, I, it's going to be awesome. There but used, they, they get better. There used to be cool things like down Station Square down there where they would, uh, not Station Square, maybe Southside, where they would uh, dress a car up like a Baltimore Raven. And people would come down, stop by, grab a bat, hit the car, oh, and then walk away. I love that. That was the type of rivalry that Pittsburgh and Baltimore was. It wasn't like the, oh, we hate no. you humans like Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. It was like, uh, hey, it's going to be a fight. Who wants to come take a swing at these motherfuckers with a bat and a car and say yeah. square at Nick Marotto? What's going well, on? Well, there was actual mutual respect there because the Ravens would play and they'd actually win games and the Steelers would play and they'd actually win games. They'd go into each other, each other's stadiums, trade blows, win games, battle each other in the divisional round of the playoffs, everything. At Cleveland, it's it's the classic bug in the windshield situation. So yeah, you're talking about here. Yeah, a lot of talking, you're saying, not a lot of action. Mm-hmm. Speaking of talking, is Baker Mayfield getting buried this week too much? He played the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, and I think whenever history will talk about this Pittsburgh Steelers defense, I think it will reflect a very, very, very dominant defense. And everybody's turned on Baker, obviously, right? People have turned on Baker. Everybody that maybe um, 
hated Baker for a long time, the way he played football or maybe the human that he is or anything like that. Whenever they started out and they were playing good, they were winning, and he wasn't necessarily the guy making them win games. He was game managing, which every single quarterback does, other than I guess like two of them. But everybody was, you couldn't really bury him, right? They couldn't really bury him because they were winning games. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And then they go into Pittsburgh and he just gets <laughs> pick six maybe on his like second pass and then he gets uh, demolished out yeah, there. Man. And now the conversation is, should his star quarterback be traded because he's not good enough to maybe make him a better player and then is everything burning is he going to be able to be the cleveland browns quarterback going forward with a new gm that was all everybody was just waiting to say all that shit and then as soon as the pittsburgh steelers defense did what they did to baker mayfield it was like well here comes onslaught bing and odell beckham jr gets into it with the yinzer everybody's like well he, he should be professional and, and they're losing and it's like have you ever heard of yinzer talk shit like that it, it, it is potentially something that is very easy to see how he would be like Oh, how about fuck you, pal? Okay, because I would assume said Yinzer said something despicable, if I had to guess. Uh By the way, proud and lucky to be from there. You know, it hardens the skin a bit. But I could see how a professional athlete who is a competitive person could hear a Yinzer say something to him, even if you're winning or losing, and just what? Supposed to act like he doesn't hear him right there? It's What, there's 7,500 people in the crowd? You can Mm -hmm. definitely hear what that person's saying. And then he responds, they're like, well, Odell's not happy. Odell doesn't care. The quarterback isn't good enough. Baker stinks. It's like, is this too much? He's going against Pittsburgh Steelers defense that is unbelievable. Or is this just something that's going to be real life in AFC North because now the Ravens also have the same type of defense with the addition of another weapon on the defensive line? It's kind of like force of habit, though, right? The Browns lose. Oh, Baker threw a pick six. Okay, let's get them the hell out of town. Let's blow up the entire team. They're terrible. I think it's just these past 15 years, that's all you got to talk about is how you need to blow up the Browns whenever they lose. I don't know how – and this is – I feel like what I just said there, by the way, proves that – I feel like I have not been somebody that has buried Baker Mayfield. No, no, you haven't. Oh. You had the Browns winning the division last year. No, last year, yeah, yeah, not this year. No, I didn't no buy the hype this year. <laughs> last year I did. And who knew that Lamar Jackson was going to be able to do what Lamar Jackson did last year? I mean, I should have, I guess. You know what? I, I actually should have. I think I've stuck up for Baker Mayfield because I know how hard it is to be an NFL quarterback. First of all, it's like not an easy thing to do, especially whenever there's a lot of turnover and who's this and that. It's not like Baker Mayfield was set up. Yeah, by the way, Dwayne Haskins kind of getting into the same. It wasn't like Baker Mayfield was set up for success, right? No. Now, granted, that's going to happen when you're the number one overall pick, though. You're going to yeah. go to a bad team. So all those people talking about Trevor Lawrence saying, oh, I don't want to go to the Jets. I don't want to do this. It's like, if you're going to be the number one, over, Trevor Lawrence is going to a bad team. Like No team that is good is like, okay, you know what? Uh, we need a brand new quarterback that's a rookie, and we're going to get the number one overall. Like That's not going to fucking happen, you know? So I think with Baker, he landed in an organization that is historically terrible. In a situation that was on fire, they already fired a coach or two. The entire thing, I was like, you know, he hasn't really been given a fair shake. But that doesn't mean that I don't think he's got no shot getting an extension there. Like, you know what I mean? Like with the new GM, new coach, new everything, new investment in the offensive line and in the running back, potential Odell Beckham being traded. Nobody knows if that's actually happening or if that's just all smoke at this point. But I don't think Baker Mayfield's quarterback going forward i don't think that's the case but now baker it's like is baker the quarterback for anybody in the nfl and i think he'll get another shot but who knows i mean he's playing for a career right now which everybody is but in that particular organization too if they continue to rely on the run why if you're andrew barry new gm who didn't draft baker why would you want to give him a larger deal when you can just get a rookie contract and just be able to continue to build around him and potentially win in a city in an organization that just can't fucking do it and hasn't won in a long long time well and it ultimately just doesn't matter unless they win right like all this outside noise like he can say he doesn't give a damn what anyone says but like this is the classic 
part of the Brown season where like now the adversity's starting to come in, everyone's starting to shit on him again. Like if they actually play well down the stretch, he probably will get another opportunity. But like, you know, they're not gonna make the playoffs in that division. So he did come out and say that all the outside noise doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. He doesn't give a damn. Uh they get paid to talk, us. Mm-hmm. And he and his team get paid to go to work. That's right. Hey, great answer, by the way. Great answer. Great answer by old Baker Mayfield. Can't get the doors blown off this week, though. Well, who are they playing? I think they're... They play the Bengals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they better win. So three and a half, half favorites. Wow. Uh, joining us now is a man who was not mentioned. Oh, uh, sorry. That's tough. Host of the Man to Man podcast, <laughs> nine-year NFL vet, ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Yeah, yeah. Good hat. Let's go. Great that's, hat. that's a great hat. Come on, guys. You come put me in an article? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> no Jim- article. I don't show up in a ring anymore. What the hell? Oh! Oh! I got to get my pinky. I got. I know what it is. I know what it is. Do you got one? Yeah, I got to get my pinkies right. Do you have one? No, I don't. I don't, I don't have. I don't own a pinky ring. Smart, by the way. Hey, <laughs> heavy is the hand that wears the pinky ring. You know what I mean? Heavy is the hand that wears the pinky ring. Let's talk about tonight's Mega Bowl of the <laughs> NFC East. Thursday night football, the New York football giants travel down to the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's hope and pray to God that there's no flyover to piss off Joe Buck or Troy Aikman. But once the football gets started, how do you see it going, Darius? How do you see everything going there? Uh, I, I, mean, I see the Eagles finding a way to win. I just feel like they're going to find a way. Um, as far as really, they're going to go- find a way. They're uh, going to find a way. I'm going to take the Eagles. Uh, Jackson, D-Jack is back. Lane Johnson's back. Obviously missing a ton of guys. Missing Hurts. Missing Miles Sanders, still uh, Alshon Jeffries out. Um, a lot of guys banged up, but I still feel like they find a way to get this win over the Giants. I just wow. can't pick the Giants to win. Okay, now, now the spread is four and a half. Are you yep. saying are you saying that's enough, or if you had to lean, is four and a half too much? You think it's going to be a close cluster fuck of a game, or what? <laughs> I, I don't think they cover the spread. Okay, okay. Okay, so we're in for both of us. Yeah, I think it's too close. Okay, now whenever you look at the quarterbacks, okay, Giants plus four and a half. Darius Butler also on board with. Okay, that's good news. Um, Whenever you talk about the quarterbacks tonight, two quarterbacks, very interesting parts of their career right now. Carson Wentz obviously has a Super Bowl ring, legitimately has a Super Bowl ring, was in conversation to potentially be the next guy. Last year he had to carry an entire injury-riddled team at the end of the season. This year he's off at the beginning of the season. People are saying, get rid of him, get him out of there, everything like that. He's got to carry the weight of Philadelphia on his shoulders every single time he plays. He gets Deshaun Jackson back tonight and Lane Johnson, which hopefully will help because I guess he's been getting slaughtered all year. And then on the yep. other side, you got Danny Dimes losing Saquon Barkley. New turnover, new regime, new culture, new everything. He looks like luck, though. This past offseason, he built himself up. He's a bit of a monster at this point, and he can run wild on you, brother, if he wants to. How do you see these two quarterbacks faring tonight after uh, looking at the film of the secondaries and everything like that? Yeah, I think uh, uh, Danny, Danny, Danny Dimes, he struggles. I think he's going to struggle. Tonight. He has all the talent in the world. It's crazy. He could easily be the best quarterback in that division huh. um, if, he, is he, wow. if he's protected and if he protects the damn ball. I mean, he, he loses the ball a lot at a crazy rate. But if he does that, he can beat you with his legs. He can beat you with his arm. Um, I still think it's a lot of potential there. On the other side, Carson Wentz just been so up and down. Uh, we see the talent. You see the talent. He, he, he 
fought, fought his way back into that Ravens game. Um, like you said, injury riddle. I mean, up front, O-line, pass catchers, running backs, everybody's. He's been doing his job, but uh, you see Jalen Hurts. That package is starting to grow a little bit. Pause. <laughs> He's starting to get more plays. Uh, you know, he kind of <laughs> gave him their first down, their first first down last week. So I, don't, I think he uh, – Wentz hits the under tonight, okay. even though he wins the game. All right. I'm going to say a heavy under on that 243. Just heavy? Heavy under. Losing Hurts. He losing he Unless wow. they're down, which I don't see him getting down big. But um, right. you lose Hurts. You know, D-Jack is back. But if you got nobody up front to block for you, what does D-Jack do best? He gets behind the defense. So you got no time for that. Um, Miles Sanders is gone. So, um, yeah, I, I still think he is the uh, under tonight. Okay, so you've been, I think you've lost one of these uh, throughout the season thus far. You've been making a lot of money on this prop bet, which I appreciate. Danny Dimes, you don't even want to give an estimation on whether Hood over or under on his passing yards. You just think he's going to score. I'm going to stay away from that because they could, it could, yeah, I'm going to stay away from that because I don't want to put it out that he goes and they got to throw the ball 30, 40 times. And these games are so, if you like the Kyler Murray one that I lost, uh, the Cowboys, like if they made him have to complete double digit passes, he easily hits the only completed nine passes. It, you know, so you never know, but I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a stick heavy with that uh, under on Wentz. I'm stay away from Danny Dimes. D. But how bad do you hate the leaking of Aaron Rodgers called it chicken shit? We'll talk about the Dallas Cowboys because that yeah. I mean Kyler Murray just ran like he didn't even nine completions. One of them being a deep shot, which was gorgeous by the way. But nine completions, just terrible. They didn't even have to <laughs> act like they were going to throw the ball. Like even as you were watching, I hammered the over alongside you and the Andy Dalton under, which by the way would have been an incredible parlay if it would have hit. But as I was watching, I was like, oh, they're never going to throw the ball again. They don't even have to. They just can do what they got to do. <laughs> and now you're hearing reports come out from the locker room about, well, the coaches are this, the coaches are that. And I think our issue is. And I have an issue with this. I'm not sure about you. I mean, I'm excited to hear your thought on this. Like, yo, you can think your coach sucks. Like, that happens in a very regular regular basis. But then somehow either the, the room, the meeting room has to figure it out or maybe have a conversation with somebody. The fact that we're only six games into this brand-new regime, six games into this season, and you lost Dak, and now there's reports leaking to media members, which they know is going to get out and go big, that I just don't think that's the right way to go about it. Do you agree with that, or are you thinking like – That's 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 bad. That's bad. You had Dungey on there uh, yesterday speaking about it, and I, I agree with everything he said. But as a player, you know, we that, that's that's sucker shit, point, and plan, point, point blank period, because we're all pros. We are here – you know, these coaches aren't making the tackle. They're not making calls. I don't care what you call. As a pro, we got to be good enough and smart enough to, to, to figure it out. You know what I mean? You can make the same call, damn, every play. But I, I do this for a living. I watch film. It's my job to come in here and have to have some answers, too. So if it is a situation where I'm a veteran or I'm a guy that's secure in my role and I can go and speak up to a coach or to a coordinator and say, hey, this may look great in your meetings, but this shit ain't working for us. These guys aren't getting it. That guy's not getting it. He's, he's not getting it. We got to change some shit up. And then it's on them to look at themselves first as players and be like, all right, how do we fix this? And then you bring whatever issues you have to the coach. Whatever guy going to stand up there and take the bullets, um, you do that. And uh, Nolan, he's been out of the game for a while, Mike Nolan. And as you know, this game, on whatever phase, special teams, offense, defense, it changes year by year. So you've been out of the game six, seven years. It's a complete different game. So we got to be able to adapt. And, um, you know, and 
that the cooler heads got to prevail, but nothing can get out of the building, man. That, that's 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 sucker shit. I think so too, especially how early it is. Now, listen, if this happens week fourteen, week fifteen, still not great that this is yeah. happening, but still, at least you've had an entire season of watching. Week six is so early, and in the <laughs> NFC East, they can still go and get it. You're right this. in it. Yeah. What do you think? You're they right need? in it. You think they need better veterans in the locker room? Is that what you think is the problem? Uh, you just not got to take more leadership. More ownership um, of because, like, you know, in the locker room, it's different. Um, it's just the different leaders in their different little silos, their different rooms. Like the linebackers have a guy, guys up front have a leader, guys in the back end, somebody on special team. Like everybody just kind of got to galvanize their group of guys and say, hey, we got to figure out a way. Look, we're two and four. We're playing like shit. Obviously, you're the Cowboys, so everybody's going to be talking about it. You got to be that's, that comes, that's a part of it. But we just got to come together and figure this out point blank period and uh we're right <laughs> we're right we're still damn near in the driver's seat in this division if you look at the rosters we still have the best roster we got Andy Dalton who's not going to look great in front of that O-line but they got to figure that out but if I'm on the defense we got to figure our shit out we got talent we got guys making a lot of money over here so we got to figure out and guys got to start earning it and if you're not if you're out here if you're a repeat offender if you're doing shit over and over again if you're not executing calls because you can say what you want to say about Mike Nolan that 80 yard bomb before the half that was just a complete brain fart by the corner to give that up. So you can say whatever you want to say about that. You got to go out and execute the calls and make plays, man. By the way, everybody has the same answer that's ever been in the NFL that you just yeah. there. It, like literally everybody. And it's not like like Aaron Rodgers had that answer. OK, that's quarterback goat getting paid seven hundred million dollars guy. I have that answer. Punter very low on the totem pole of importance ever. And now you, guy who was the voice for a defense for a while, is it seems like every human is saying the same exact thing. Like, you can't be leaking. And she said, by the way, another in there, as if it was numerous people that were just like, yep, here you go. This is information. That, that only happens in, in, in I mean, I, I hate to even call it, but just bad locker rooms. Like, and you were you were a part of a bunch of great locker rooms. Whether we are having a shitty season or a great season, Whatever, if it's a play, you always hear, oh, they, they call the players only meeting. And you know when guys call the players, that's 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 when shit is getting real. So that's <laughs> that's as far as it should go. It shouldn't go from a players only meeting to now somebody's reaching out to, you know, whoever the reporter is in that uh, in that city and saying, hey, man, these coaches can't adjust. These coaches can't do that. If they can't do that, tell the coaches that. Look, these game plans, they, 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 they're, they're shitty. We need to do better. What, like, what are we going to do better? What are we going to do better this week? I got I got some suggestions this week, Coach. Come in there like that and then, uh, you know, figure it out that way. Yeah, because this isn't high school, okay? This isn't college. This is, hey, we're no working pros. together to do this. Like, we are in this thing together. And by the way, that locker room lost before, too. And everybody thought it was potentially Jason Garrett's fault. Now they're losing again, and they're one of – it's like, are you the problem? Maybe you guys should <laughs> tighten up what's going on Ooh. in the locker room. What's up, Connor? Uh, Darius, another locker room that had some information leak was the Dolphins about the uh, switching of quarterbacks. When that happens, uh, do you as a locker room kind of question everything that go, that's going on uh, ahead of you with the head coaches and those kind of decisions? And can he also lose the locker room by switching to Tua instead of Fitzmagic? Um, I wouldn't say a loser locker room. Just now, I, that can be a hold on, baby. <laughs> that can be. Oh no, who is that? Who is that? <laughs> That's my daughter. She probably just got done with school. Oh, but, uh, we'll take. Okay, that, come on, come into class. <laughs> cows. Oh, she probably walked away. All right, so that could be a situation where it depends on where you are in your career. So if I'm a guy and I'm I'm good in my role with this team, and I'm going to be here maybe a year or two for sure. Damn right, throw two in there. He's our best shot going forward long term for us to be winning this division next year and years to come. If I'm a guy that's in year eight and I'm on a contract year, 
I want Fitzpatrick in there because he's going to give me the best chance to win right now, most likely. He's been playing well. So it depends on where you are in that room, and it's on that locker room. It's on that head coach to have some, everybody on the same page just stand in front of the room and say, hey, I'm making these decisions, and I feel like this is what's best for the team. Now, for it to leak before he has that conversation with his team, I think that's more front office stuff. And as players, you don't really – we're kind of, we're two completely different groups of humans, so that's not even we don't even give that any energy. But if it's our coach who's doing that or leaking or something like that, then that's different. But it's just you have that conversation with the team, and then you move on from that. Everybody understand. He went top five. You see what Herbert's doing. You see what Burrow's doing. Like he's the he's the future. Everybody knew that coming into this thing. So um, I, I didn't like. I, I felt I felt bad for Fitz, Fitzpatrick. It's hard for me to feel bad for quarterbacks. I felt bad. For <laughs> the the whole thought though. I would be intrigued on how my reaction would be if the coach is mad that somebody in his circle is leaking information out. I would love to hear. There she is. Tell her we said hello. It's great to see her. I hope Clay said hi too. All right, go finish eating. Dad of the year, by the way. <laughs> Incredible. Is I would love to hear what I would. She just knocks up. Good, he blew her kiss. Yeah, it's very nice. Your dad of the year, right there. The the thought of the coach not having a trust circle. Right. And them leaking information because like Tony Dungy said, first meeting, he would say, hey, we have no players named anonymous in this locker room. So I don't want to hear from them all season. Right. If you have something to say, you say it. And then I would assume Flores is saying that type of thing. Like, hey, what you see, say and hear here stays here. I would assume as he's saying. And then everybody in in the meeting room is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We agree with that. (laughs) Do you. uh do you and your motherfucker? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you got you, you got your shit in check up top. Yeah, so let's that would be my, that's why I would enjoy that situation. It's just like, well, isn't your kind of feels like this is on your end, not us. <laughs> exactly. What do you got, Diggs? DB, I assume you had to go up against AB, and if Seattle is the team that does end up getting him with with him and Metcalf and Lockett, and if Josh Gordon ends up being reinstated with that team, like, how the fuck do you stop them? <laughs> Yeah, with the run Man, you keep them off the field. That's the only answers you would have um, for an offense like that uh, with those weapons. I mean, I think they're already leading the league in scoring. But to add somebody like AB, um, because every every week going into the game plan on Wednesdays, you start out and you, you put up on it. The, the head coach puts, hey, these are the game records, right? These are the guys. These are our keys. So we got to stop these guys. We can't let these guys beat us. So if you got Seattle, obviously Russell Wilson will be one. You got DK. And now you got to throw A, B, lock it. Like, who, like, where? So you only got so many guys on defense that you can pay attention to. So it's like, damn, how do we handle this? And then Russell's one of those guys who can extend plays you kind of need to spy on. So that'll be a really, really tough offense to stop. And it makes sense because they're struggling kind of on defense. Don't have that pass rush on defense. So I guess their mindset is just, hey, we just got to outscore everybody. Which is the NFL now, by the way. That's the NFL, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I don't think anybody is talking about Russell Wilson is on an MVP-like season. Oh, yeah. But he has enough weapons like what the Chiefs have at this point. If, if they get A.B. in there week eight, I mean, that's a lot. That's a high-powered offense. You have a great quarterback running. Could be a fun run to watch that. With Antonio Brown. That would be crazy. A.B. A- and Lev Bell facing off in the Super Bowl. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Hey, look oh. at us. Hey, look at us. <laughs> um, so, you're a South Florida guy. Mm-hmm. I assume you know Antonio Brown. How do yep. you feel like – his mental state is how do you feel 
Uh, he will be whenever he if he does come back to the Seattle Seahawks or other teams that Shefty put out there just to mm-hmm. I think potentially stir the pods. Well, there's also yeah, that, other that's teams. That's some great agent work. That's some great agent work. Yeah, right there. absolutely. Got Seahawks interest and other teams. Others and <laughs> yeah, others. Yeah. Let's keep the pot stirring so we can either get as much money as possible from Seattle or yeah. let other teams know that it's okay to be interested because there's numerous teams that are interested. I mean, it's a good PR move, whatever the case. But how do you great feel? Move. How do you feel about Antonio Brown coming back? Is he going to be the same Antonio Brown on the football field? and you think off the field maybe he's go he's all the way back you think I think it's off the field will be my only concern and um I go way back with um with, with AB we had the same agent when he got drafted and when he was sitting in the room waiting to get drafted our agent hit me and was like hey man I need you to go over here with this guy and at this point he was an unknown central Michigan um and he was training kind of in the same area but so I went over there. I was winning when he got drafted, and then obviously you see him skyrocket, skyrocket, and things change, man. It's it's much harder uh, to handle success than failure, and um, you know you saw him kind of you know fall off the, the top, the mountaintop, you know, screwed himself over a lot of the times. And um, I reached out to him. We had some conversations throughout this time, and I just hope his head is right. We haven't seen him as much, and that's a good thing. He just kind of fell back. Hopefully, he, he's talked to some professionals as far as the mental, make sure everything on play, is in place. But um, when you go, if I'm a team and I'm looking to sign AB, I want to make sure I have a plan in order to, you know, to, to handle him. You know, he's a professional, he's a grown man, but, hey, we need to have something in place. It's got to be a strong locker room, strong leadership. Uh, we got to have something in place to handle him. But on the field, you see him work out. He's still in shape. He's the, the best receiver I've faced in my career. Why? And, um, Why? So on the field, um, I would say he's still going to be that guy. Why is he the best you've ever faced? His uh, his motor, number one, he, he never stops moving. And, and a, a big part of that, honestly, was playing with a guy like Big Ben who bought extra time. So it wasn't only about the first route that he ran, but you had to – they were like on a damn umbilical cord because, like, they just knew they were, on this, they were on the same wavelength. So that was tough. And if he can kind of build that rapport with somebody like Russell Wilson Rogers. or an Aaron Rodgers or somebody <laughs> who can buy their extra time, um, he's he's unstoppable. He can beat you on all three levels of the defense as well. You can throw a screen to him. He can go 60. He has that return ability. He can beat you intermediately and move the sticks. And he can take the top off of your defense. So you don't have too many receivers who can affect the game at all three levels. So that's what separates um, Antonio Brown during his era, you know, from the other guys. He did cut his own umbilical cord there with Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Cut this thing out here. And then he went to Derek, and he didn't have any respect <laughs> for him, I don't think, which, by the way, I'm not oh. sure Derek Carr deserves it or not. He gets a Tom. <laughs> he dominates with Tom for, what, that one drive. He gets six targets or oh, yeah. seven targets, six, and a touchdown. Then he's gone out of there. It's like I'm pumped to see him with another great quarterback again. I just hope off the field everything is good. All right, so tonight yeah, we're going Giants plus four and a half. We're going Wentz under 243 and a half yards passing all right let's make this money together let's do it hey people uh, that are watching on youtube and if you're listening on sirius you can't see this uh darius is currently sitting in front of the stock market uh c-span i believe is on oh, the dodge jones yeah the dodge jones the s&p 500 yeah a lot new of people, kind of space race lot, <laughs> wow wow invest in tesla okay <laughs> what is uh what is, a lot of people on youtube are asking what is a uh what is a good stock to invest in because it does appear as if yeah. you are a guy that likes to dabble in the market oh i am big i'm i'm a i'm a I don't throw at the duck. I throw in front of the duck. Ooh. Oh, I like that. Are you, sp- right. are you talking about Duck Hunter? Uh, yeah, so Smart. tech. I'm all in tech, man. You see the world is uh, moving and shifting in that direction, and the pandemic just kind of sped that thing up in super speed. So um, that's that's the future. So I'm a big tech guy. 
crypto if you got the, the disposable income buy some crypto man for the future mm. bro i'm not gonna tell you put your life savings in it but put, get some crypto big tech big tech i mean they're coming for them they're trying to break them up but big tech is um is where it's at yeah you know i was offered a bitcoin very early in the bitcoin discovery bro get back in it bro no nah, i said Hell no you. i think i'd be like worth uh like 20 30 million or something <laughs> yeah, well, swap, us, swap one of those bucks. pinky rings out man get you some xrp get you some bitcoins yeah come on man i'm out i think <laughs> ladies and gentlemen nine-year nfl vet there's so sorry to interrupt i just want to let you know that it's always hard to get the proper nutrition into your body yeah, I have a tough time doing it. You do, yeah. Mm-hmm. Me too, though. Yeah, who doesn't? Whether you're on the go, whether you're working, or maybe you're just lazy. Yeah, that's uh, my case. Yes. And you don't really think about it. Finally, a company has come along and made a one-scoop supplement to make your life easier. And that, my friends, is Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is a one-stop shop for everything that your body could possibly fucking need from a nutritional standpoint. And one clean scoop, you get everything you need. We love Athletic Greens over here, and we've never really been the type to take care of ourselves. We're noted poor eaters, poor drinkers, and we all have poor livers, to be 100% candid. But now that we've been on this health run we have for the last couple months, couple weeks or so, the one thing that I've noticed that has saved all of us is our scoop of Athletic Greens in the morning. They have travel packs, which is equal to one scoop, and it makes life on the go easy. You need to get going right now. You need to get this into your daily routine because your nutritional needs have to be met during this football season. We can't all just be fat slobs that are unhealthy all football season. Well said. I needed that. See what I just said there? Mm-hmm. Hey, Ty. A little bit of a wake-up call. A little smack in the face. You know, can't eat like an absolute bag of shit every Sunday and then not do anything, expect anything to change. Well, not just Sunday, Saturday. Saturday, yeah, and then it tends to spill into, you know, Friday, Thursday. Tuesday now, Monday. Yeah, pretty much the whole whole week. Football season is quite a task. Yeah. To keep your body together. Mm-hmm. That's why the one scoop from Athletic Greens is a lifesaver. That's why the travel pack is a lifesaver from our friends at Athletic Greens. Right now, you can get 20 free travel packs, which is valued at $79. Wow. Yeah. With your first purchase, whenever you go to athleticgreens.com forward slash pat, that's 20 free travel packs, which is valued at almost $80 for free when you go to athleticgreens.com forward slash pat. Respect your body. Appreciate your body. Fill it up right with athletic greens which have all the good shit for you again that is athleticgreens.com forward slash pat for 20 free travel packs tastes pretty good too it does it really does normally this type of stuff tastes god awful Mm-mm. well yeah i mean and it is very convenient you know you just put a scoop of that in your bottle of water chug hey, it get a good shake get a good shake in i can't do the powder into the water bottom. and have little lumps going down my throat i can't yeah. do it so I give a good shake, which, by the way, work out on the arm. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Boom. <laughs> now you're working out and feeding yourself. And then I chug her down. Has a good taste, and I know that I'm getting everything my body needs in one scoop. So the rest of the day, guess what? Can act like a complete jackass. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Athletic Greens for that little maneuver there. Nice little tip there. Here's a travel pack. Put it in your water. Drink it. Rest of the day, be a jackass. <laughs> yeah. Do what you got to do. It's pretty awesome. Speaking of jackass. Our guest is not one of those, but the people, the rest of the people are. Let's get back to hearing us speak. Joining us now is a first ballot Hall of Famer that's going to happen. 
Super Bowl champion, seven-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, Sacks leader in 2004. He's part of an All-Decade team, Defensive Player of the Year in 2005, and his name and number have been retired for the Indianapolis. Well, not retired. I don't know if they're retired numbers. Ah, they should. He's in the Colts Hall of Fame. You get it. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Dwight Freedy. What's up, Pat? How are you? Hey, I want to let you know, the gray beard looks oh, amazing. Oh it looks like, You look like, like an established gentleman right now. Oh, my goodness. You know what? I said, we're in a pandemic, right? So I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go and see where it goes. But it gets kind of scary when you see the gray hairs. <laughs> uh, you don't realize how old you are until you get the gray hairs. I know I'm not old to some people, but the NFL family, I am old. Uh, I don't want to ask you how old you are, obviously, because I don't want to dive into that. How long did you play in the? How long did you end up playing in the NFL? Because I know you bounce around and still put on great years at the end there. Yeah, I played 16 years. Wow. All right, so 16 years of defensive end, outside linebacker. Some people tried to move you to, which is a uh, <laughs> bad idea. Yeah, bad idea. Um, whenever you hear, if you were playing that an entire offensive line for a team got sent home like a day or two before the game, like what has happened with the Oakland Raiders. So yeah. their tackle, Trent Brown, uh, I guess he had a positive case, so they sent him. And then contact tracing to the rest of the offensive line, they just sent everybody home for two days. Is yeah. that something that you feel you would definitely be able to take advantage of, or is that not that big of a deal, you think, to offensive linemen? I mean – I think it, it would be huge advantages for a defensive lineman. You know, we look throughout the week, Pat, to see who's up and who's down for that week. Okay, and we all know that practice matters. You know, some people say practice doesn't matter. It definitely matters, especially when you're playing, you know, maybe a special type of offense or defense and you have to prepare a certain way from a timing perspective. But offensive linemen need to get out there and get their reps. So if a whole offensive lineman, a whole offensive line is sitting down for practice, I'm licking my chops. <laughs> Just going out there to eat, I'd assume. The, oh, goodness. <laughs> um, if you look at that Pittsburgh Steelers defensive line, T.J. Watt has become explosive off the outside. Bud Dupree's like 275 running like a 4-4 or something like that. Yeah. Is that a defensive line that you watch and you're just like, damn, this is magical? Because they're all competing. you got Cam Hayward inside. They're all competing for sacks. It was like you and Mathis back in the day. Everybody out there is trying to eat. That has to be beautiful for something like you to watch. No, absolutely. You know, the thing is, you know, when things are humming and things are going, you know, that's what you want from a defensive front, defensive line, defense period. So, you know, you go over there in Pittsburgh, you know, Blitzburg, whatever you want to call them, you know, steel curtain, you know, I don't know. But what when they get after that quarterback, they are a completely different team, man. And those boys up front. You know, little young Watt brother, TJ, he's, he is a beast, man. He's going to be good for a long time. I don't know if he's been stealing tricks from his brother, but he is going to be a force to be reckoned with, man. He comes and he plays the game the way it's supposed to be played, you know, with a tremendous amount of intensity, and he plays with great leverage. And, man, he gets after it. I love it. Whenever you and Robert used to meet at the quarterback, sometimes literally hitting each other, was that the <laughs> goal every single play, I'd assume? Like, hey, I'll meet you at the quarter. Is that kind of like the goal for <laughs> Is. You know how it is, man. Hey, meet you back there at the quarterback. And that's just what it is. It is a race to get back there. All right. Because I know if I don't if I don't get there in under three seconds, Robert gonna steal my sack. <laughs> <laughs>
So I know it was you know, vice versa on the other side. So it literally was a race, man. I swear, me and him, between me and him, he's taking 20 sacks away from me. I've taken 20 sacks away from him. We always talk about it. We laugh about it. Uh, but when you have another guy like that playing next to you, man, and you're going at, you know, who, who cares? If I happen to hit him and he happened to hit me, as long as the quarterback's in between creating that nice little sandwich, that's all that matters to me, right? There's a couple defensive linemen that are changing the game, obviously, this year. Miles Garrett is one of them. Welcome back. He just got broken off. He is strip-sacking right now like you guys used to on a rapid rate. And then Yannick Ngakwe just got traded from the Minnesota Vikings over to the Baltimore Ravens. He has five sacks, I think two forced fumbles on a season. He was, obvi- yeah. he was obviously at the Jacksonville Jaguars, then to the Vikings. Now he's at the Ravens or anything like that. Whenever you are having a year like that five sacks two he's on his way to potentially be a sack leader by the way with the rate that he's in six weeks in you're getting one almost every single week he's gonna have to pick it up Chandler Jones I think had like 77 last year (laughs) it was some outrageous number but he's on his way whenever you go into a game does it matter what team you're on if you're a pass rusher or is it something you can just get dropped into any scheme like will he be able to just pick up right where he left off with Minnesota whenever he lands in Baltimore well, it depends. It, it really does depend on how much freedom that defensive line, defensive coordinator, head coach gives your pass rusher. All right, so for a guy like me, all right, if, if I wasn't allowed to make an inside move, which people know for me is that spin move that I did, some defenses don't like that. They, they, frown, upon, they, they frown against that and they say, hey, you know what? You're losing contain. You're doing all these things, which would hurt me as a pass rusher. All right. Now, I've been lucky enough to the places where I've gone. They have allowed me to go and be me and do me. Okay. So it was, it may have been a little bit different for me. I don't know how it's going to be for Yannick. I don't know if they're going to allow him to do certain things, but I do know when you have skills to get after that quarterback, you're going to find a way to get to him. All right, and he's had a tremendous start. He has five sacks. I can't even believe he got traded. You know, I think it's kind of disrespectful to be quite honest. But Absolutely. in the end, I think he's going to show you know the whole NFL and, and definitely the Vikings that it was a mistake to get rid of him. I guess that is where he wanted to go. I guess he's from Maryland. He always wanted to be a Raven. So I don't know if he potentially asked for it or if they did it, whatever the case. I don't know how it plays out. Whenever you're uh, rushing, and I think I've asked you this before, but there's probably a lot more people listening that maybe didn't get a chance to hear that. Whenever you're setting up a game plan as a defense or uh, outside linebacker or a defensive end, it's not as easy as just like, okay, I'm going to run. and I'm. You're playing chess out there with that tackle. It is literally a chess match. And I don't think I had any respect for that until I watched you, Mathis, and the guys work. It's like there's setup moves. There's everything happening throughout the entire game. It is a four-quarter chess match that's happening between you and the tackle. And I don't think I recognize that when it, yeah. until I watched you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think this. You know, I think if you just want to be average and just okay, you can just go out there, put your hand down on the ground, and, and just – Hopefully you can push a guy and get a sack, or hopefully you're fast enough to run around a guy. But if you want to be a, an elite guy, all right, it really is something where it's like chess. It's kind of you got to set things up, you know, and you got to give him a little of this and a little bit of that to see how he reacts to it, you know. And you have to give him a fastball. You know, I always compare it to being a pitcher, right? You know, you got to have a fastball, you have to have a changeup, and you have to have the curveball. You got to know when to throw those different pitches, like 
in football, defensive end, D-line, you got to know when you want to throw a speed rush, a power rush, a spin, or whatever it is that you do to keep that offensive lineman off balance. So it really is something that is a game within the game, and you don't know it unless you know it. You know, and I know it doesn't get highlighted enough, you know, other positions, receivers and quarterbacks, touchdowns. But there is a game inside of the game from a defensive line perspective, you know, and every guy who plays that position, you know, I like to compare it to like how is Kung Fu, right? You know, you got different styles. You got, you know, you got snake, you got dragon style, you got all these different (laughs) types of styles, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter what style you got, as long as your style works for you and you get there. And that's kind of how it is. Hey, you keep your swing as long as it hits. Who cares? The um, Is that why – so are you setting somebody up? Because you always see there will be end of the game, okay, fourth and seven. They have no timeouts left, minute 15 left, okay. They're obviously passing situation. And those seem to be the times that when you're you're prime time – sack getters that is when they make plays it was almost like a guarantee whenever you and mathis were on the field okay here we go fourth down must have it play for the other team this is everybody knew this is going to be a sack like it's coming is that because you have like one pitch if we're going back to your pitching comparison that you've been setting up maybe the entire game or you know is going to work or is it just because hey like when the lights come on the stars come out that's you, you have to make a play I think it's a mixture of both, to be quite honest. You know, um, I took tremendous pride to being a closer, you know, when it, when it, you know, hey, I don't care. Give me a three-point lead, two-point lead, one-point lead. I want the game to be on the line in the fourth quarter when me and our defense, Mathis, gets out there to close it for the team. All right, and that's the mentality that you have to have. But as far as what moves works and all of that stuff, it's been a constant probe throughout the entire game. Right, you've been playing against that offensive tackle the entire game, that protection, the entire game. You, If you were paying attention, you would know kind of what they're doing to you or what has worked so you know what to go back to or what they're going to expect you to do. So then you do opposites of what they expect you to do, or you just say, you know what? I'm going to throw my best pitch, good luck, and trying to hit it. And, and sometimes it is that way. All right? So when I go out in the fourth quarter and I know, all right, I already know I have all this information in my mind saying, okay, I already know how he's adjusting to this. And, and, and he's just, it's just set up perfectly right now for this move. You know, and then that's when I start bringing it to him. And then once he starts guessing on that move, then I take it away. I take it away. Then all of a sudden, I do something else. So I want his head literally spinning, <laughs> where he doesn't know what I'm about to do next, and he's crying for help from the, his guard or looking at his quarterback, saying, "Hey, get rid of this ball," or just that's what I'm looking for. You know, complete chaos in his mind. <laughs> it's fucking insane because <laughs> you don't even think about you don't even mm-hmm. think about it. And it was awesome. I mean, growing up in Pittsburgh, obviously, there was dominant defenses. But when I get to the Colts, they're like, hey, uh, just watch what these two do right here. Just watch these two off the edge. And you two were like two of the coolest dudes on the team, too, which was awesome. So it was like a, a double whammy there. And just watching you go to work on somebody was just like the tackle. Chuck Pagano came to our team and he said yep. that offensive linemen would tell him like the week that they had to play 
93 and 98, they would not sleep. Like, it was like a, an actual nightmare the entire week. And then all of a sudden, it's like in the game, when it matters, this guy who is stronger than you has eaten much better food than you have, for sure. Your diet was... Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And he's been setting you up the entire... It was awesome to watch, dude. It was really, really cool. What's up, dude? Dude, I was watching a video this weekend... Um, and TJ Watt was going against attack when he got chipped by the tight end, and the yep. guard was going down onto a three technique. So, but yep. so, so the lane inside was absolutely wide open, but yep. he didn't take it though. He fought to get back outside. How hard yep. is because Baker obviously is not as good in the pocket as the outside. How hard is it when you see that open lane inside to have to remember like, hey, I have outside contain and not just. Well, I think it's a little bit different, you know, when you're a fan watching the game in real time for players. Real time, we don't see that opening. Mm -hmm. Okay, you got to know it's going to be there more or less. It's happening too quick and too fast. All right. Now, you have rules that you're supposed to abide by. And that's what I was saying, too, is based on your system. Will they allow you to take an inside move and, and quote unquote, break contain uh-huh. you know and go inside out of your rush lane all right so certain teams will allow you to just take whatever that offense gives you okay other teams say look you got to fight back outside because i want you to keep the quarterback bottled in mm-hmm. or we have a blitz from the other side so we want to make sure we're protected on the left side all right now for us, all those years, we had an amazing, amazing D-line coach, rest his soul, in John Turlink. We had a great defensive-minded uh, coach in Coach Dungy who allowed us to do what we do, okay, and was aggressive from that perspective from a defensive line where it's, I don't care how you get there, just get there. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and that's all I needed to hear, all right? So... Going back to TJ, I don't know, you know, sometimes when that offensive tight end, right, that chips you on the outside, which I've gotten a tremendous amount of <laughs> dosage of that in my career. You know, I think actually, actually, <laughs> the first time it's ever happened in the NFL history that I know of was against me versus the Patriots. They started motioning this tight end. Of course, Belichick. <laughs> of course. Of course, Belichick was the first one yeah. to start chipping. Yeah, it, so it was much- absolutely because most times, Pat, Prior to me, right, you would have running backs in the backfield, okay, and that would be primarily the double team or the chip block that you would get to impede your rush, all right? You go back in all the film, I have never seen, all right, and I had to ask my D-line coach, have you ever seen a protection like this where you have a tight end lined up outside of you a yard off the ball and doesn't just release, he comes and impedes your rush and chips you. He said, no, this is something that because of you and Mathis, this is why this is in the game, right? That's awesome. So wow. now, I'm sorry, TJ, you got to deal with that. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's absolutely awesome. And the fact that it's Belichick just makes so much more sense, too, by the way. Yeah. But uh, how many times we got to get these fucking guys? <laughs> Can we not yeah. have him bang, just broom and run into him? What's up, Ty? Dwight, when you watch games now, are there certain guys that you look at and you can tell, like, okay, this guy's probably watched a, a decent amount of my film, or like there are guys that really remind you of the way you played? I think I think I see a little bit in Miles Garrett, to be quite honest with you. Um, 
I've seen you. you I, I've seen you like, take somebody's helmet off and hit them with it. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> Other than that, right, like, right there, move. I'll let him keep that. All right, but. <laughs> Even though there was times, Pat, I really felt like doing yeah, that. Yeah. You know, I never actually did it. All right. But yeah. the thing is, I watch him and I see a lot of similarities on how he gets skinny around the corner. He has um, a variety of moves that he likes to use. We, he likes to use an outside chop move, we call it, you know, where you chop the outside hand of that offensive tackle and you just bend and then he likes to spin a little bit off of that now he doesn't spin as much as i did but i like to see he does use it so i think out of all the guys right now that i'm watching he's probably you know from the younger tier guys he's one that i've always watched and said you know what he's been watching a little bit of me another guy you know everson griffin you know he Mm. used to be a guy when he was the vikings um was a lot like me as far as using power and using the spin move. Miles Garrett is wrecking games right now too. Last year he was too until he, you know, played whack-a-mole with old buddy's head. But he was <laughs> he was defensive player of the year. I mean he was defensive player of the year candidate last year. And they were yeah. not a great team. And then this year he is just a guy that is an absolute game record. They got the Bengals this weekend. Joe Burrow has died on like four or five different occasions this year because of his offensive line just letting him get killed or hanging onto the ball too long. Miles yep. Garrett's got to be thinking like, I am going to just eat this weekend. Yeah, and, and this is what's happening now. And he'll start seeing this more and more through his career is that they're going to start dedicating one, two guys, sliding the protection, game planning him as they game plan me in my career, you know, where all of a sudden that playbook, uh, and we talk about a playbook, an offensive, you know, game plan in going into the game, usually is thick like this, all right, because you have all the options and this sweet play action pass, this flea flicker, all these great plays. But when you play a guy, you know, like how I was in my career or now Miles, where he can dominate the game and in so many different ways, you're going to have to shrink that playbook down about like this. <laughs> <laughs> because now all those plays, Pat, don't work. Because you got an X factor on the other side that will just destroy game plans and destroy that sweet play action pass, hold the ball for five seconds, double move by the receiver, all that other stuff. You got three seconds to throw the ball. If you don't throw that ball in three seconds, your quarterback's getting hurt. Man, we're talking to Dwight Freeney, uh, just legend of a defensive end. I was very lucky to be a teammate of his. Good guy. Uh, at Boston Carter, what do you got? Uh, Mr. Freeney, sticking with the Bengals, it's being reported that Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap, a couple studs for them on the D-line, are upset with their lack of playing time. Has that ever happened to you? And if it has, what do you kind of do? Do you go to the coaches? Do you ask for a trade? What's kind of your response to that? Well, it's, it's tough. It, it, unfortunately, this is something that is embedded in if you play long enough, you are going to feel that. You're gonna feel you're gonna be affected by I'm not playing enough. All right. So Gino's been in the league for a while now. I'm not exactly sure how long, but I know he was playing when I was playing. I don't know if he's ten plus, but when you get over that ten plus year, then it becomes, you know, conservation. Hey, let's just protect this guy so he doesn't get hurt. Um, Dunlap probably the same way I think he's above 10 years now maybe or getting close to it so 
those coaches want to kind of protect from injury, maybe, you know, and kind of maybe train and get those younger guys going because they understand that the future, truth be told, isn't those guys, right? And that hurts as an older guy because you really believe and feel, and it might be true, that you can still dominate the game and still do what you've always have done. And that's what happened to me later on in my career where, you know, I felt like I was still able to do what I normally do. But the coaching staff and and the GM and all those guys weren't allowing me the playtime to do what I do, right? So I went from a starter, all right, to a guy who was only a third down specialist. And that wasn't by my choice, right? Because <laughs> for me, I wanted to be out there every down to have more impact on the game. So what happens is if you get turned into a third down guy, what happens, the first thing that happens is your numbers go down. All right? So when your numbers go down and then other teams look at your age and your numbers, they say, oh, he's not as good as he used to be. Look, oh, he only had mm, four uh, he only had five sacks. So now your numbers go down, your age is going up. That means your money's going down. Right? So now all of a sudden you can't make as much as you used to do because you're not playing as much as you used to. And you can't argue with it because it makes it seem like, you know, hey, you know, this guy doesn't understand what team's about. Or it's more like, look at his age. We're just trying to protect you, Dwight. Because <laughs> you, uh, you might get hurt. You're, you're 100 years old. You might hurt yourself. We're gray beard. You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're saying? So yeah. you, it's, it's like a double-edged sword. You can't win. So I've been there a bunch of times. I understand it. You know, I feel for those guys. They just got to figure out a way to break through. And if they're unhappy and they're, they're that unhappy, they may need to, you know, talk to the general manager at some point after the end of the season and say, hey, you know, I still want to play. I still want to get out there. And if they're not happy there, then maybe they can do something and go somewhere else and hopefully have an opportunity to play ball. But it's tough. How do you feel about the, the modern age? A lot of people basically expressing their disgruntledness with where they're at and maybe trying to move or get somewhere else. It's very different. It wasn't like that back in the day, but it no. was it was not like that at all. Now, I think with social media and the presence of the amount of reporters that know people and there's leaks and this, it feels like it's a very, very different league now than it was back in the day whenever you're talking about a locker room setting. No, no, absolutely. I mean, I think social media is probably the biggest culprit of, of, of helping guys get out of places with their unhappy, all right? Guys have been unhappy on their teams for the history of the national football. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's not all of a sudden been this new thing, right? It's always been there. But now what happens is they have a voice, right? And they have a, a platform to where as though they can share how they really feel, okay? And now all of a sudden, other teams may get a sniff of that and other, you know, maybe fans get a sniff of that. And all of a sudden... Now it becomes, hey, you know what, I'm unhappy and we're going to let the world know I'm unhappy and then all of a sudden the trade happens or something like that. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, for, for an, from an organizational standpoint, right, it may not be the best, right? Because <laughs> you want to have control over all your pieces, right? You don't want those guys to be able to do anything. From a player perspective, it's actually really good. Because now you get an opportunity to let the world know and let teams know, hey, I am unhappy. Come get me, please. Yeah. 
I agree with that. I mean, there's a lot of moves. I think it's only going to go up. Uh, last couple questions here. Probably the last question here. And I can't thank you for your time enough here. I know you're probably a busy man. Um, last time we talked to you, you talked about golfing uh, with Jordan. You've been on the Jordan team, I think, for like maybe 55 years at this point. Congrats on that. Uh, but you're friends with uh, Michael Jordan, obviously. And in the, when the 30, or whenever the last dance came out, obviously his golf game was talked about at a regular basis. So we asked you about the golf game. And you talked about golfing with him and how the golf is speed golf. It's awesome. It sounds amazing. It sounds amazing. But I know you're also a car player okay i know you're also a card player have you ever played cards with him and is he a good card player i would assume he is a pretty solid card player yeah he's a shark he, this guy is i've never seen a guy so comp- <laughs> oh, there you go <laughs> i hadn't seen a guy so competitive on so many it's like looking in the mirror to be quite honest with you and maybe i got it from him i don't know but i you know me pat i don't care what we're doing I'm trying to, I don't care if it's cornhole, I don't care if you're shooting baskets into a trash can, I don't care what it is, I am giving 110%, and he is no different, man. It's like, you know, I'll play gin with him. Not the other day, I was playing gin with him, and it was like, I felt (laughs) he was giving me the stare, I'm giving him the stare back, it's like completely silence, talking trash (laughs) sometimes. It's it is something serious, you know. It's like no different in the golf game. He is going for the win and for the kill, you know. No matter what he's doing, um, and I gotta love him for that because that's exactly kind of how I am. So it makes my day is very interesting. <laughs> oh my god, the thought of you guys oh. just sitting in a room, cigars, I would assume, going gin. Is, is that rummy? Is that the same game? Is that you're playing five hundred there? Is that what gin is? What is? Well, no, it's rummy. And gin, gin is a little bit different. It's it, it's 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 an older game. Okay, let's just put it that way. Great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Age, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Freeney, you're doing something with Madden. What is going on? I'm pretty pumped that you're getting back involved with a lot of things. You just, by the way, your name should be synonymous with the NFL. So the fact that you're getting back in with Madden, I'm pumped about, man. You're a legend in this whole thing. What do you got going on? I've been so bored during this pandemic, man. All right, so for me, I'm in like sitting around, can't do much. Sometimes I can go golfing, which is great. But you know, I'll get text messages from time to time. And I got these guys talking trash. When are you going to pick up the sticks again? When are you going to play Madden again? I remember you used to be good. good Yeah, so now I'm like, you know what? Y'all done talked me into doing something. So not too long ago, you know, I was sitting around. Actually, I was on the golf course, and I got a phone call from a good friend. And he said, hey, how about a start a Madden tournament? I said, that is a great idea. (laughs) Actually, I just got text messages from my boy talking trash to me. So now what I'm doing is I'm going to set up a a Madden tournament, right, with Gen Esports. And I got Madden behind it. I got Brand Jordan behind it. Jump in, jump in. Custom shoes. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get other sponsors involved, maybe some cash prizes. (laughs) I'm going to set up tournaments, right, four times a year. Right? And you get a chance to display how good you really are. That's what we're talking about. Because I'm about tired of it, Pat. I said, <laughs> you know what? You guys are talking trash and we can't do nothing about it. Well, I'm going to build something so you, you can do something about that. So right now, I'm setting up. The, it's called Third and Long. All right? You know I had to bring back to what I love, right? Third and Long. Absolutely. 
and uh, to put on this Madden tournament for boys to go out there and show our skills. Well, I, I, I feel like you're setting this up just so you can win four tournaments. <laughs> yeah. uh, Zito, Zito has a question for you about Jordan, though. This is a big yeah, deal. Yeah, and Mr. Freeney, uh, can you ask uh, Mr. Jordan uh, if he could bring back the Jordan Eclipse shoes? They are the best. They are the, the best Jordan. I have like five pairs of them. They don't sell them anymore. And if he needs a white person to sell them, I will be that person. <laughs> All right, man. I got you, dog. I'm going to talk to him. Yeah. All right. I'll let him know. And I say, I got Pat McAfee, my man, to wear that, that shoe for you. Bingo. Hey, I don't know how many Caucasians are on the Jordan team, but I would be gladly <laughs> to join it. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen. You're le- welcome. Le- hey, thank you. <laughs> Legendary Dwight Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. love you. Joining us now is a man who is really good at football. Threw his head into other people's faces, but never got a concussion somehow. What? Super Bowl champion, national champion uh, from the Ohio State. He is an Ohio State legend. Ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hawk. Wow, A.J. What's happening? Hey, I looked at the uh, the little sidebar. Who's the masked uh, singer? I, I missed the beginning of the show. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a masked singer. It was. Uh, it was. It was me and my mask last night made an appearance on uh, NXT, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. That was your big news. That was the big news you ended the show with yesterday. Yeah, it's pretty big news, dude. Completely rattled the wrestling community with this thing. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, when I sit with this mask on, you see, when I don't move, the mask is, it fits almost perfectly. You can see the first chin and the second chin a little bit. But whenever you have a head the size of mine, <laughs> that is always going to be a problem with any mask that you buy from a store, okay? Yeah, yeah. So it's not going to fit because my brain is so big. Mm. But this one felt like it was right, and I'd never seen it before. Shout out to Halloween stores now everywhere basically selling the Pat McAfee mask. <laughs> you can't get this now. I've, I've never seen it before. But when I ran out to do my thing, you know, and kind of rattle the wrestling community this thing came sliding up like this (laughs) and i was so worried that the gray patches my big mouth and the massive snaws was going to stick out underneath the thing i did not think about it and uh you know it was a little hot in there for sure but it was a beautiful night it's great to be back in the wrestling world and wait until the people hear the backstory behind all this it is going to frustrate the wrestling community (laughs) on the internet i'm pumped about it Good for you, man. Yeah, it was good. To, uh, I This morning I saw you post something, whatever happened last night. So, yeah, I'm glad you're getting back into it. Well, thank you. I'm going to have to lose a bunch of weight, though, because uh, the last time I was in the wrestling world, I uh, was potentially in the best shape I've ever been in my entire life because mm-hmm. I got in wedding shape. And then all of a sudden Adam Cole comes on the show is an asshole right then all of a sudden just it goes after the wedding shape so it was just like a compounding of two shapes there that got me into a good shape but since football has started and it's on saturday what sunday what monday what tuesday what thursday what friday what we're back at saturday what it's hard not to just become a fat ass during the football season it's very hard so I saw myself uh, on TV last night, and I see myself on, on the internet every single day. The face has certainly gotten a bit fatter, and whenever you're Irish, that's where all your weight goes. So I'm going to have to get into shape if I plan on getting back in there. But I really enjoy this role of being on the microphone with our guys, too. I mean, let's not get it. Contr- this is a great spot for me, just having a microphone and talking hella shit. I mean, this is a good place for me to be. Yeah, I think it's right. Uh, it seems to be right in your wheelhouse. I think you're doing what you, you probably should be doing. Well, speaking of doing what we should be doing, what we should be doing is talking about the NFC East Mega Bowl tonight. Hell on Thursday yeah. Night Football. Oh, yeah. I said it earlier. I mean, for the sake of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, 
let's hope there's no goddamn planes flying over this game tonight. <laughs> but if there is, maybe they'll be able to hold it together and keep it a bit positive throughout that entire thing. The Philadelphia Eagles are at home and favorited by four and a half. Talked to Darius Butler last hour. He thinks New York Giants cover the four and a half, but Philadelphia Eagles win in a close one. He also thinks Carson Wentz will throw for under 243 and a half yards this evening because of potential Jalen Hurts packages coming in and other things like that. AJ, you've had a chance to sleep and think about the NFC East Mega Bowl. What are your thoughts on how tonight's going to go? What are your predictions? And who are we hammering in the Crimson Chins house? Yeah, so this is a, this is a good one. I love this matchup. I I am going to pick the Eagles, and actually they're going to cover four and a half too. Wow. I don't know. Wow. The spreads usually don't doesn't matter to me, but I I think they're going to cover four and a half. I really do. I think this is so the, this is the get back on track <laughs> game for Carson Wentz. I don't even mean get back on track. I think he's already there almost. But I think tonight he shows the world that he's the Carson Wentz that, that everyone knows him to be. They're better really, than they think he is, I should say. Listen to this injury report, please. Listen to this from Diggs. I am. I know about it. No, li- just no. Li- no I, I think you've seen it. Yeah. Have you actually listened to it? Listen. Exactly, Zito. That is exactly what we're looking for. Listen, AJ. I mean, come on. Give me a break here as it pulls up. Um, out tonight for the Philadelphia Eagles, Jack Driscoll, tackle, out. Zach Ertz, out. Malik Jackson, out. Alshon Jeffrey, out. Miles Sanders, out. Kevon Wall, safety, out. Listen to that. That that sounds like the entire fucking roster. If they're, if they're playing six-on-six six football, it's the entire team Plus, other than Carson Wentz. Goddard's still out, and Jalen Rager hasn't – He's he has first-round draft pick. He's not playing. He hasn't – man, you're, you're. That's a lot of people out, AJ. That's a big deal, don't you yeah. think? Or do you think the short week, it actually helps them because it's a lot more reactionary as opposed to everything else? Yeah, it's a lot of people out. You didn't mention Lane Johnson coming back in the lineup. That will be huge. Hopefully he can make it through the game. I know he's been battling through something this year. Uh, Maddox, the corner, is, gonna, is likely back Haunting tonight him. as well for Haunting. Philly. So, yeah, things are looking good, man. And you know what? The most important thing of all of it, you can go over all the stats you want and tell me what all these different things and things that have happened in the past. But Doug Peterson... He's 5-0 and on Thursday nights, Pat. That's all, that's, that's all I need to know. Wow. I yeah. can't argue with that. Oh, he's a gumpy. <laughs> I knew Gumpy would be on board. Yeah, he is. I mean, that was a gumpy nuke right there. But have you ever seen Doug Peterson look at the camera whenever he's asked a question on a Zoom conference call? And they ask him about his record, and he goes, 1-4-1. One, and one. That's where we should be. Have you ever seen Doug Peterson like that? Just like, yeah, we suck, basically. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with being real? Like, hey, this is where we are, but you know what? We are inches away from first place yeah i know that is that's why tonight's matchup is such a big deal because one of these teams could go on a two to three game run and secure the nfc east for the entire season Mm -hmm. and that's going to have to happen somebody is going to have to win unless they tie out which the eagles have already done once one four and one unless the nfc east can figure out a way just to tie the rest of the way you're thinking potential five win team winning Five, six-win team Jesus. winning in the NFC East. Any of these teams can get it at any time. Even the Cowboys, whose locker room hates the team, they can yeah. win. The Washington football team, they can win. Mm-hmm. They got Kyle Allen and Alex Smith playing quarterback, and nobody knows if anything's going to happen there. And anybody could win the NFC East. That's why tonight is so important. It's a megable. It is a it legit. Is a yeah. Whenever they, when Jackie Moon was playing for fourth place, we must win fourth place. And, you know, he fought a bear, and mm-hmm. it was the Mega Bowl four mm-hmm. four. That's what to say. This tonight is a Mega Bowl. This is you could potentially win maybe the least successful division in the history of the NFL. What's that? With thing? AJ's point about Lane Johnson coming back, John Clark, who's uh, NBC Sports Philly, 
said, I'm told it would be better for Lane's ankle to get more rest, but Lane is such a team guy with injury to Jack Driscoll. He wants to be out there to protect Carson Wentz. So, I mean, how, how long is that ankle going to hold up tonight? Uh, don't worry about it. Narcane toward all. Lane Johnson is he, he's handling it tonight. If he was a Packer, no chance because they don't give out any of those drugs, but I would assume the Eagles are okay with their players playing through a little bit of something. I would hope. I don't know. So, wait, you guys, you guys that are picking the Giants, why do you – I hear you talking about the Eagles, like what they're not going to do. What are, what are the Giants going to do to win this game? Don't need to hear it. Just know as soon as I know there's that many people injured, and whenever you do the five and zero number and the Carson Wentz four and zero number on Thursday nights and all that, well, yeah, obviously that means they could be very hot and have it all figured out, or it could mean at some point, hey, that some bitch is going to have to start swinging the other way. Mm-hmm. Is that this year? Is this Carson Wentz the same Carson Wentz that won four and zero on Thursday night? Is this Doug Peterson the same Doug Peterson that won five and zero? These are questions that should be asked whenever you're thinking about gambling. And whenever it comes to the New York Giants, I'm not 100 percent sure if they win this game. Okay, I might feel like Darius a little bit. Maybe Carson Wentz will do a miraculous end of the game win drive like he did last year at the end of the season. I just think plus four and a half is a lot of points for the Giants, and this is a team that is rallied in and bought into this new culture. Yeah. And maybe this is the week that the new culture pays off for him with Joe Judge, Belichick disciple. Hell yeah. 77% of the money is on the Eagles to cover, but uh, mm. I'm hearing from my inside sources here that the sharp action is on the Giants. Oh! Oh! Not a surprise. Shock, shock, shock. Does I mean, Joe Judge on his first short week worry you at all? Nope. Doesn't matter. This is like the Dolphins last year where they got the taste of their first victory and then rattled off a bunch of covers. That's what the Giants are doing this year. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Danny Dimes, same thing. By the way, might name this thing Sharp. Because when this some bitch comes out, by the way, lines move, AJ. (laughs) Lines move at the moment. 24 and 11 or something like that right now on pick. Is that good? (laughs) I just hope it's... a very me thing would be to retire from making picks at this moment. You <laughs> got the ring. I do. I do have this pinky ring and the hammer Don pinky ring, which is going to be presented to me later this afternoon. Uh-oh. So, oh, it's going to be a hell of a present- presentation. I mean, it is on that hammer is on fire. I don't – you like them to cover four and a half. You said <sighs> spreads on. don't matter to you, and then you said they're going to cover four and a half. You think they win convincingly, huh? You, like, you think this is a real pivotal game for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I do. I, I feel like Son of a if bitch. the Eagles either they can, they'll get uh, – you shouldn't say they can get blown out. I don't see either team getting blown out, but I definitely see the Eagles covering four and a half. Oh, man. Mm. I hope not. By the way, I just want to let you know I hope not. Dethroning yeah, I mean, I just don't know. I, I feel like they're going to force some turnovers. The, the Philly defense is going to be able to force some turnovers. I think the, the Giants' O-line will have some trouble holding up. The Phillies – Oh my God! Philly's O line is going to have some trouble as well, but I feel like the Giants will have more. I just saw Danny Dimes turn a corner and like do like one of those Andrew Luck runs, mm-hmm. uh, like seventy yards yeah. to the house, like an awkward like. Why is that guy still pulling away from people yeah. and still running? Maybe even just like a cute. QB sweep for him oh, around the corner. And by the way, Pat, you asked earlier, plus 400 for him to score a rushing touchdown. Oh, it seems like he's setting that one for Hammer. sure. 85 yards last week, you said? Last week he rushed for 85 yards, 75 yards? 75, you said earlier. 75, I think. I don't know if it was that many. I may have been a little demonstrative, but he had at least like a 40-yard yeah, run. Yeah, he had like a, he had one Can't. deep, deep run. Yeah, Can't. explosive plays from Danny Dimes yeah. in the run oh, game. Like, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Carry no, 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 no. He had 74, oh, he had 74 rushing yards left. Oh, there you go. Right on the money. Yeah, <laughs> Danny Dimes is... <laughs> What's his over-under for rushing yards tonight? Yeah, slam that, too. Uh, but maybe he found <laughs> – you have a big game like that on the ground. I mean, I am an NFL quarterback. I have 18 yards uh, on one rush, uh, zero yards on the other, so two for an average of nine. Wow. Yeah. I mean, pretty good. Moving Not too shabby. I think in the NFL history, I think yeah. I am ranked at a nine-point average per carry. Oh, yeah. But the, the thought of if you have a little bit of success with rushing – 
I would assume next week you're going to try it again, AJ, don't you think? Isn't that something now that defense has to worry about? Like, hey, if he has 74 yards rushing last week, like, this guy is mobile. We got to have an eye on him. You think they're going to hawk him, or what, how's this, how does it work? I mean, I don't think they're going to be spying Danny Dimes. Oh, uh, oh, that might be a mistake. That's what we're saying. You think? <laughs> is that, so tonight's Joe, Joe and Troy, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. Well, for a, there should be a prop on whether they're going to oh. mention their whole, oh. you know, the thing that got leaked. A, if they make some joke about it, or, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to hear them talk about how the the Eagles did not employ a spy and Danny Dimes is running all over their defense. It'll, I will just, I will, if that happens, I will smile to myself thinking of you. How happy it makes you. Oh, I'll be just, I'll be texting you while it's happening. No. Like, hey, they should My be, be on the charger though. Oh, I'm not, yeah. I'm not Isn't that conjure? Yeah, of course. Uh, let's get some phone calls here. Let's go to Ryan down in Texas. What's going on, Ryan? Hey, what's up, Pat? What's going on, Ryan? Yeah, fuck you, AJ. Hey, I had a question about uh, Antonio Brown uh, <laughs> possibly going to the Seahawks. Do you think uh, Russ could be that leader to help keep him in line? I would say not like like I know he's not a child, but I mean like keep him like out of trouble. You know. I, I understand what you're saying there, Ryan. You you mean like is Russell Wilson a quarterback uh, that you think Antonio Brown thinks highly enough that he won't want to get pissed off at him for any reason if something goes bad. I think Russell Wilson's one of those guys. I've never played on a team with him, obviously. I've only heard him mic'd up. It feels like he is the consummate positive guy. And from the way people talk about it, he is always like that. It's almost like a Tim Tebow thing. And some people might say that's insufferable. Yeah, but I'm not saying he's not incredible. I mean, he's very good. So. But you're also saying? Yeah, he's pretty insufferable. Some people might say that, sure. right? I don't say that. I say that's a consistent guy, and I've never heard a human talk like that. But that locker room with Russell Wilson, with Pete Carroll as well, I just think that would be a place that Antonio Brown would succeed at off the field in his happiness and everything like that. But let's also not discredit what he could potentially be doing right now to hopefully, you know, maybe maybe he did go see a doctor or did something like that. And if your chemicals are off or what, I'm not saying saying this happens I'm, I'm just saying from personal experience with friends who potentially had battles of mental health if he gets diagnosed chemicals can be aligned very quickly almost so and we haven't heard much from antonio maybe antonio brown has figured this out for himself and he's nowhere near going to be the type of player that would warrant a worry about him potentially burning the entire locker room down but on the other side who knows i guess that is the the probably seven to ten million dollar question down the down the line well, don't you think Antonio Brown would do would do well in a situation either like a a Belichick Tom Brady like hey these guys we know who the boss is Bill Belichick it's like the dictatorship you know but I, I'm gonna be a pro and go about my business he won't bother me or like a Pete Carroll Russell Wilson type team where like you said ultimate positivity at all times like though Pete will do such a good job of smoothing any I bet Pete will be so far ahead of it before Antonio ever even has a freak out. By the way, Pete Carroll came out and said, yeah, we're in it. Like, he, he wanted it to be known yeah. that he they are interested in Antonio Brown, which I think is him potentially trying to show Antonio Brown, like, hey, I want you to be here. We want you to be a Seahawk. I want you to be a Seahawk, which could be a part of this entire thing with Pete Carroll. Everybody says Pete Carroll is the guy you want to play for if you're in the league. What's that, Nick? A uh, question for you and AJ, not to make this political, but do you have any concern about dropping AB into a lawless, autonomous city like Seattle? <laughs> I just hope he votes, okay? All we care yep, about yeah. is we help he oh, yeah. vote. Go vote. Go vote. That's all we care about. Seattle is, I guess, pretty wild right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's guess. still open? Chaz or whatever they called it? I'm not sure. I, I don't know enough about it, but I, I will, on Twitter, I'll scroll through something, I'll see something, I'll be like, oh, this is a movie. And then I'll be like, nope, it's not. Oh, shit. All right, I'm going to get out of here. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> that is... 
that's how I operate in this particular sphere. But uh, Antonio Brown going to Seattle would be a nightmare for NFC teams because of the amount of and, offense they would have. Hey, you had Darius on earlier, and Darius was talking about how um, AB's motor is always running and he's always moving, he's always finding a way. And he said it, it may be because of Big Ben and how much time Big Ben can can create. Well, guess what? Russell Wilson Wilson can create a 15-second play, so you'll have some time to run your guy in circles and find a way to get open. Oh, man. Did the Seahawks just... That's problematic for our Packers, I think. No, I know. I know. Your Cowboys, our Packers, I mean, that's problematic for their potentially. What are you going to do? Niners of Bears, by the way. Imagine... Imagine AB and and DK Metcalf on the same side, like running combinations together. What would you do? You couldn't do anything. You literally couldn't. You would have to have what four people over there. How do you do that with seven other people on the off? I'd put probably six guys over two, and then try to figure it out with the rest. (laughs) AJ, (laughs) Um, you were in the organization for a long time. Packers would not bring in someone like AB, correct? No, I don't think they'd be scared to. I think they, they're a place where they know like a guy would kind of fall in line. So I don't think they'd be scared to. It wasn't the old GM Ted Thompson's kind of thing, but who knows what Goody's thinking. Yeah, literally. Who the fuck knows what he's thinking? But what about like Julio? Julio's potentially on the on the trade block. Yeah, like anybody in the world. Anybody would welcome Julio. I, they would pay what's he, upwards. Of, he gets 20 a year, right? Or more than that. 17 or 18, whatever it is. I forget. We talked about it earlier with Julio going there. But the, the conversation we almost had early in the show, and it wasn't going to be a show. It was a call from somebody about the Falcons. And all these sports shows are talking about how Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are trade like targets and people are going to want to trade for him. Matt Ryan has a $40 million cap hit next year. I just don't know. It's second highest in the entire NFL behind Ben Roethlisberger. It's more than, obviously, every quarterback you just thought of in your head that you would want (laughs) to build your franchise around. Julio Jones, though, is a guy that I think every team in the NFL would be like, yeah, he makes us immediately better, just immediately better as soon as he gets here. I think everybody would want that guy. What's up, dude? Julio makes uh, next year 23, 2022, 19, and then 23, 19. That's a lot of money. By the way, maybe they ask ask him to restructure, by the way. If you were asking Matt Ryan to restructure, it's probably, what, down to 20, 25 million, which is what Tom Brady, Mm -hmm, Drew Brees, Phil Rivers got. That'd be a $15 million restructure. Do you see Matt Ryan doing that? I do not, personally. Even if he's the nicest of guys, that just seems like a very bad move. For Julio, if they ask him to renegotiate what three four million down probably that's a lot more seems like attainable for uh, not that Julio will do it I'm not saying he should do it anything like that but I'm saying if a team is like hey we want to trade and restructure I assume that potentially is where the number they might be or maybe they're like yeah you're good enough we got it but it's a much different scenario as the Matt Ryan 40 million dollar owed thing well Julio would be such a perfect fit for really any team that's that is set up to make a run at the Super Bowl this year. Like, wherever you put him. Like, I, I would find a way to fit his salary on my roster if it looked like there was a chance we could get him. Green Bay would be awesome. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I mean. Oh, Devontae Adams. <laughs> Big Bob Tunyon. <laughs> Lazard. Julio. Aaron Jones. Jamal Williams. Aaron Rodgers. How we doing? Keep it moving. That would be, if you're Aaron Rodgers, you're like, okay, I can only look at Devontae normally in situations. Now, they can't have seven players on Devontae because we got a guy over here who every human that's played in the NFL at DB and wide receiver said, oh, that's the guy. Julio Jones is the guy. He's bigger, faster, stronger, and uh, runs great routes, and he's got great hands. That would be that'd be awesome for the Packers, but they would never do it. I feel like they value the first-round pick so much, even though hopefully they're going to be drafted in, like, late 20s. You know, I mean, 
They so, value, huh? Well, I'm, yeah. well, I'm just saying, they, like, uh, uh. you talk about it all the time. Like, is that more valuable to your team than trading that and getting Julio Jones? Like, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think you go out and get the guy to try to win the fucking Super Bowl this year. But if, if I was a GM, I want to win right now, and that's why I'm not GM, by the way, uh, for a lot of reasons. I mean, there's, I've never scouted anybody before. I've. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I'm not GM. But if I was a GM, I mean, we could get into those very quickly if we wanted to, but it would be a long list. But if I was to be a GM, I'd want to win right now. So I would be big in the, I don't know what this fourth rounder in two years is going to do, but fuck it. Get rid of it. We'll figure it out later. I, I am very much, and by the way, if it doesn't pan out, okay, cool. Let's figure out a way to uh, spin his spin his worth up. Let's trade him back out of here then. Like, let's go ahead and get something. Like, I would be a very active GM. And that would be rude, obviously, because I'm not thinking about the human side of it, picking up families, throwing them around the city or throwing around the country and everything like that. But I don't understand the GMs that are like, we're going to build this thing over the next seven, eight years. It's like, oh, not me, dude. Not me. Let's go right now. Especially for the Packers, too, who, I mean, they're showing up to Rodgers' front door with, you know, pitchforks in the next two years. So you might as well bring in Julio now and try and win with them before you run him out of town. And the front office feels like they're potentially planning for the future. I don't know if Julio Jones would fit the future, yeah, like right. I think, in five, six years from now. But Julio Jones would definitely fit the now and the recent future, or mm-hmm. the near future, because he is, I don't think, slowing down. What's up? To, to your point to what you were just talking about, about bringing guys in, like, good to the Vi- good for the Vikings. They brought Ngakwe in. It didn't. It wasn't working out as far as them winning games. They were one in five or whatever. So not his fault. No, it's not his fault. No, not but, at all. But did you know you one need, year contract? Did you know? Yeah. By the way, one year contract. They got to eat six point eight million dollars. So not great. But they did get him. I, I assume they picked up something like a fourth rounder or whatever. You know, Yannick Ngakwe has five sacks, two forced fumbles. Just got traded this morning back to his hometown, uh, Baltimore. It's the quietest five sacks in the league right now for some yeah. reason. Yeah, why do they, why don't you hear about this? I've not. By the way, when it was announced, it wasn't even said. I think we had to look it up, and because mm-hmm. yeah. everybody was like, we remembered the Vikings Packers game mm-hmm. where either he played or didn't play much and didn't do much or whatever. And I think like the initial reports was like, oh, it's not working out. And then we looked up his stats and we we're like, how? <laughs> Just get rid of that guy. Like, what's going on over there in Minnesota? And who knows? Have they given up on the year? I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. Are they going to trade Thielen next? Bring Thielen over here to Indy. (laughs) Great to have him. Thielen to Green Bay. Yeah. Bring him to New England. Keep him in the division, for Christ's sake. (laughs) the Bears. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. I know there's a lot of, of other options that you can allow to penetrate your ear holes. I mean, there's people creating content at all times. The fact that you allow us to spend a part of the day with you, we are eternally grateful for. From all of us to all of you, you're the greatest. If you're part of the wrestling community, you suck. <laughs> uh, let's let's have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow for a Feel Good Friday. Oh, yeah. Feel uh, Good Ty Friday. Schmidt, please play some independent music and send these people on a glorious Thursday into the Eagles-Giants game tonight on Thursday Night Football. We'll see you manana. Be a friend. Tell a friend. Cheers.